0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in the book of John this morning. John's the fourth book in the New Testament. It's a great book if you just want to read the story of Jesus By the way, we're also in our present series doing a reading plan on the book of John. And so a bunch of us have been reading this uh, together. And so this card is in the seat back in front of you if you want to join us with that. So John chapter 1. For an introductory thought, anybody heard of COVID? (laughs) Okay, if if, if you can, can you remember back when I think it was even more of a hassle than it is now. Remember back when it was just kind of starting and all that? Well, this is a a memory I have when uh, my daughter who was uh, she's a college student and she was going to start a semester and they were requiring of her a COVID test and her COVID test uh, came back positive And we were pretty sure it was probably a false positive because she had just had COVID you know six weeks before and uh we of course we didn't want her to miss the first 10 days of semester and so we got involved tried to talk to the school and and shared the information and they said well if you could go get a rapid test if it would come back negative, then that would probably fix things. Remember when that kind of stuff was going on? Do you also remember when the idea of just go get a rapid test was like just go find a pot of gold somewhere? It was the same like, oh sure, we'll just do that because were, there were none to be found. So most of us remember those times. Anyway, long story short through a connection and a friend, and some somebody said, oh, I think maybe Kelly, who works at one of the uh, medical facilities, may have. It. And Kelly called me and said, oh, Kelly Kelly said, hey, we actually have rapid tests. Bring her in. And I was like, yes, this is great. And a part of the conversation was also, and if, you know, you run into any trouble, just tell them that I invited you, wanted you to come in for this. And so we went there and uh, went up to the little reception area, and we right away got at least a little bit of resistance to, why are you here, and rapid tests, and you know how important those are. And, and I remember going, well, we were supposed to come in. A security guard Actually came over to help clarify. So why are you guys here? And rah rah rah. And he kind of pushed back. And I'm like, Am I going to jail? I just thought we were coming to, you know. And so, so. And then I remembered. Oh. And so I said, Oh, oh. And Kelly uh, told us to come in. Everything changed at the name of Kelly. I kid you not, it was like, oh, and then the little person behind the little desk was like, no problem. Within five minutes, within five minutes, we were in the room getting ready to get the the rapid test. And what was kind of fun for me was the security guard guy, his whole posture changed. And he kind of came just a minute after he said, hey, I'm just really sorry. His body language was like, if you could please not get me fired, that would be great. And so I said, don't let it happen again or I'll talk to Kelly. (laughs) I actually didn't do that. But, Um, so two thoughts from the story. One, I remember in that moment thinking, this is such a blessing. Yes, I'm so glad we're getting this rapid test. And then the other one was, was, of course, wow, I am so glad I know Kelly. Like it was such a big deal. And that points us to a principle that I think that we can all agree on, it's not what you know, but who you know. That is a real thing. I got my first job b- because of my mom. I got my second job because of Dean and Cherry. I got my third job. I actually had to apply for that one. But every other job I think I've ever had was because of a connection. It was because of who I knew primarily. This applies to our spiritual life. I met Andrew. Andrew connected me to Todd. Todd connected me to Mark. Mark became a spiritual father, and it changed my life. And where we're headed today is, yes, the value of having personal connections with human beings, but the best connection we could ever pursue or have would be that personal connection connection, friendship, understanding with Jesus Christ. Nothing will change our life more than being deeply connected to him. A little glimpse of that we can see in Psalm 91. The topic sentence of Psalm 91 is, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Paraphrased, he who is closely connected to the Father, to Jesus, to God. And then it goes through a list of benefits, open doors that happen because of that deep connection. Here's just a few of them. Because of that, he who dwells in the... What does it say? He who dwells in the shadow? Is that what it was? Shelter. Thanks. I'm new at this. Shelter. But what happens is, in the midst of the shelter of the most, rest... There's a, uh, it points toward protection in verse 2, 3, 4, 7, 10, and 14. It mentions protection. Uh, it, it mentions the absence of fear in verse 5. It talks about power. It talks about answered prayer. Did I just blink or did that? I had a long blink. It talks about honor, it talks about satisfa- satisfaction and salvation, like seven things that it opens a door to in a very real way because of, dw- of our closeness with God. So hold that thought, we're in a series that we kicked off last weekend called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. And last week, a lot of it was about con- convincing you convincing us that Jesus really, really wants to be close to us. And this week, I'm going to try to set the stage uh, to motivate us. We really, really should respond to that open door and pursue closeness with him. We should reciprocate his desire, his tendency toward us. We should so take advantage of that and really lean, lean in to our connection with him. By the way, if you didn't catch last week's message, probably worth listening to some helpful things in it, and uh, it'll help set the stage for the rest of our series as well. So today we're in 1 John, I'm sorry, John, the first chapter. Um, the imagery in this; these verses are going to teach us more about who Jesus is, and I would submit to you it's going to challenge us or invite us or call us. It's going to make us go, wow, I want to be close to that guy. And so a couple little things. As the verse mentions the word, that's talking about Jesus, and also it's going to talk about light, and light is also connected with the presence of Jesus. So let's read this. It says, in the beginning, by the way, this is the beginning of the The book of John. So, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word... That ain't happening without glasses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, reference to Jesus, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him... Nothing was made that has been made. Again, continuing to talk about Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's just a few verses. Let's read it again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. title of the talk is Jesus Turns on the Light. And uh, basically, I, I want to look at two characteristics of Jesus that should draw us toward him and this opportunity for friendship. Oh, pause for just a moment before we pray. <laughs> how how closely are you dwelling in the shelter of the most high? That's just a good question for us. Like it's just this week. Are you doing well? Like on a daily daily basis, are you walking with God? Are you praying? Are you submitting your life to him? Do you read the Bible? How much, you know, when was the last time you deeply connected with God? Was it, you know, early this morning? Was it yesterday? Or was it like, you know, 2016? Where are you at? The things that we're going to talk about today, I think, might help us be better. Let me pray. Uh, We have already, but we invite you into the room. I invite you into the rooms of people that might be watching online. And I pray somehow, God, you would pull us toward you, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Two reasons that we should seriously connect with Jesus. The first idea from the text is this. We should seriously connect with Jesus because of his power in the universe. His power in the universe. I thought about using his position in the universe. But basically, in our text, it says... Did I give you enough time to write that down? Power in the universe. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God... And the word was God. That's interesting, important. But in verse 3, it mentions this through all, through him, all things, talking about Jesus, through him, Jesus, all things were made. Now, that might be new to some of us because we think, oh, God, creator, God, he did that. And then, you know, Jesus came on the scene later. It's not what this Bible verse teaches. Jesus was there and. It, significantly involved, it goes on to say, without him, nothing was made. So Jesus is this creator, co-creator. He's with God, that thing. Just to make this a little more real, um, I'm going to go through an exercise. It might feel a little silly, but would you pretend with me? Let's pretend that you are on a Creation tour and Jesus is your tour guide. Come on, use your let's pretend, everybody. <laughs> okay. So let's, he, he takes you to places, and so let's pretend like you get to travel to Jesus somewhere where you're looking over like the solar system or the galaxy, something like this, and Jesus is there, and he's explaining some things to you, and he says, oh, this is this thing, and, and this is like spinning. This is spinning at just the right, so that happens, and then all this, because of gravity, we got this going in just the right circular thing so it all just doesn't bash into each other and uh, does that like he would could know, he would know all that stuff. And if I were there and looking, I would be like, Man, that is something. And at any point in the conversation, Jesus could lean in and say, I made that. And you'd go, What? I made that. Which is really something. Okay, he didn't like that one. Next one. You go. <laughs> To, uh, I like nature. There are times I'm in awe of things. And so like you go to some waterfall and Jesus, of course, took you there and you're like, this is so cool. And he would say, well, this is how many gallons of water comes over that. And all this water comes from here and it feeds this. And there's a whole bunch of life stuff that happens. At the end of it, if you were standing there going, that's really, he could say, I made that. You made that. Okay, you didn't like that one much either. Let's go on. (laughs) I've always been a little bit Amazed with uh, uh, seahorses. Little tiny, right? Okay, a little tangent. You ready? I don't believe that random natural selection would ever bring that into being. Amen. That's just me. That is the mark of a creative God who, one day, somehow was thinking, "I know what. Let's do. Let's make this little tiny thing with a little swirl, and its head is gonna look like a horse." <laughs> and Jesus would go, "Oh yeah, it'll be, but it'll be really small. It'll live under the water. What the heck? And it'll, it'll do, and and it'll like, and then it'll do that." <laughs> You know, that's the way it'll swim, and then, and it'll be like, I'm sorry, that was fun for me, Matt. And, and I don't want to be unkind, but some of the some of the things like the natural selection stuff, I'm not an ignorant man. I know where they're coming from, but I also sometimes want to say it's just wrong, you guys. God, open the Bible says that the that all creation. Uh, uh, the, the universe declares the glory of God. When you start looking at things, the seahorse, that, that, that's not, that's some creative, amazing, artistic God that did that. Okay, that was free for you. Okay, but all this creative stuff, and Jesus says, I made that. And addition, addition, he wants to be friends with us. Can I give you two... Re- oh, I think there's a fill in the blank. Yes. Who wouldn't want to connect with the creator of all things? Who wouldn't want to connect with him? And again, it's crazy. He wants to connect with us. I'll give you two reasons to, to, to connect with him. The first one is, uh, it's just cool. It just would be cool to be friends with that guy. And then the second one, and we're going to dive into this, it would be to tap into his creative power. Remember universe, description. To have a connection with a being that can do that kind of thing is incredibly significant. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation. Jesus didn't just create however many years ago. He is still doing that stuff today. He is creative. He brings power into our lives. And I'm guessing you're somewhat like me. That's what we need. We need that kind of power in our lives. I want to dwell a little bit on just the capacity of Christ to do big things. In Luke chapter 8, there's a woman who has an issue of bleeding. And she's basically been bleeding for uh, 12 years. No doctor can help her. One contact with Jesus. She just touches his clothes. And her li- and everything is fixed. And her life is changed. That's the capacity Jesus has. The disciples who who became close friends with Jesus, it changed virtually every aspect of their life. It's hard to find anything in the biblical record where someone had a direct connection, significant connection with Jesus, and afterwards they just said, yeah, it was okay. It's not what happens. They say things like, no one ever taught like he did, or, or the sinful area of their life. They were blind, but now they see, or they were possessed, and now they're free. He does this, because of his capacity, he does these big, giant things. Like next week, uh, next week we're going to talk about Jesus going into the temple, and he he doesn't just slightly rearrange the furniture. He says some things are going to change, and I want to go. I wish I had better notes on this, but I want to go on a little uh, tangent here. So might have to work a little harder to get it. I think we're making a mistake when we tend to not approach the vastness and the power of God with honor and respect and a giant open door. I think this is pretty common. We don't approach him as the creator of all things. We just want him to just kind of come into our life a little bit and maybe tweak a few things so that our wife isn't quite as cranky. That's just an example. My wife's not cranky at all, but your wife, cranky. <laughs> do you know how we, you know how we do this? The, again, I don't have notes on this, so welcome to my world. Um, you know how we do this. So life's going along. I'm really not paying much attention to God, but then we're in a little bit of trouble, and we say, you know, if you could kind of just kind of scoot in here and help us a little bit with the finances, but do we do we do that to the Lord of the universe who spoke things into being, and we kind of relegate him to some little app on our phone? We're like, oh gosh, what do I, I oh, hey, maybe the God app. It's can I, can I punch this, and if you could just come in and do a little bit, because then I'm going to scroll you off, and you go away. And I'm telling you, that's, it's, that's not the way it works. That's not the way God works. Uh, and it's probably a problem. And, and it's actually really foolish. Because we should, because if, we, if we're aware of his love for us, and his wisdom and his power, we should be knocking the doors wide open and saying, God, if you can create all these things, and you are this, and you want to be friends with me, Rework. Rework this life. And that's been my experience. I haven't not done this well, but I have experienced through encounters with God. When, when I became a Christian, he didn't just kind of work on me a little bit relationally. He was like, you need a new start. Financially, no, 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 no. You just don't need a little budget. You need a whole brand new plan. You need a new heart on perspective on money. <laughs> like for me, you don't need to just sin a little less, man. You need the power of God to come in and clean some stuff up. Does that? So that was, there you go. That was, again, free at little tangent there. Uh, up on the screen, the creator, of, the creator of all things isn't likely to just tweak our life. We'd be better off. Yeah, that's not a fill in the blank, but something to think about. And then the last fill in the blank with this point is when it comes to life, do I want an adjustment or a transformation? <laughs> Can I tell you? Go for the transformation. Just be humble enough and smart enough to say, let's go for the transformation. So that's the idea was uh, we should connect with Jesus because of his power in the universe. The second one was because of his dominion over darkness. His dominion over darkness. We'll get back to the text where it's going to talk about light and darkness. But before we do this, I want to share a principle and then a little picture. and Then we'll get to that. So the principle is, comes out of Romans 6.12. I'm guessing most of us will agree to this command like it's a good idea. This is a command of God. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Amen? That seems like a good idea. That seems like a command God would give us. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to God. Makes sense. By the way, just a, a little more depth into that verse. The beginning of that in other translations, it says similar things, but I, they were helpful. Do not let sin control the way you live. Part of our sinful nature, we're going to stumble. We're going to have struggles with sin, but the command is don't let that control the way you live. Another way they put it was do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies. It means do not let sin become king in your life. How many of you are like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. Does anybody also acknowledge, yeah, that's not as easy as just reading that off the screen. So now let me take you to a little bit of my spiritual journey, trying to figure out life and trying to live for God. Let's go. I'm going to t- talk about when I was little and, you know, elementary school, some just experience I had in my life. When I was little, found a baby picture. Baby picture? <laughs> I, I know I looked. I haven't changed a lot. Actually, I didn't have a baby picture. So I love the creative team. Boy, if you're, if you're interested in helping in the booth or some of that stuff, it would be a great... <laughs> Uh, they, they also made another one. There's another one. I was... All right. So take that away because I can't focus. Um, but when I was little, uh, young memories, one, two, three, four, five, all that stuff, I don't remember having a real tendency or struggle with sin. I know because of the Bible and reality. I had a sinful nature. I was, but I don't remember any really tangible struggles. Uh, fourth grade, started to get bused to a different school system. I was on the bus, and I think they were probably, I was fourth grade, probably some fifth or sixth graders on there. And it's the first time I remember hearing someone uh, go off with bad language. And it's the first time I remember hearing somebody dropping the F-bomb like boom, 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 boom. Two things happened in that. I was pretty sheltered, I think, growing up. Two things happened in that moment. One was I knew somehow in my spirit, I knew like that wasn't right. It, I knew like that wasn't right. And then the other thing was, but I kind of liked it. I, like, oh, that, huh. Okay, so you didn't like that one. Um, fifth grade. I think it was fifth grade. Found a dirty magazine. We lived out in the country. Found a dirty magazine along the roadside. I knew it was wrong. You know how I know I knew it was wrong? Because I didn't go home and show mom and dad. <laughs> so I knew, like, I knew it was wrong. But I kind of liked it. Middle school ish. First kiss. I don't know if it was wrong, but I know I liked it. (laughs) Um, Sorry. And life goes on, senior in high school. I had not uh, drank any alcohol. We didn't have it in our home. Senior in high school, getting toward graduation, a guy named Tony, a friend of mine in high school, said to me at Debbie's graduation party. He came up to me and he said, Mark, come on, man. It would make my whole graduation if you would just let me just make you one of my special drinks. And you know, it's come on. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, for whatever he said, I don't know why. I said, okay, man, make me, your, take, make me your Tony special and I'll drink it. And so he went, made me that, and I drank it. I don't remember much after. That, but it started for me something that it was hard not to like about that. My first big paycheck in college. Oh man, this, I could go for a ton of this stuff. All right. Now, not all those things are bad, but they all started a very real struggle in my life. That life, that struggle continues to this day. Every once in a while, I think, surely I have all the struggles that I would ever have. But as I've gotten older now, and I'm in my 50s, I know I don't look it, but I'm in my 50s. And uh, some of you are like, what? You totally look 60s. Um... But now one of them for me is I never thought I would be this, but it's it's struggle because I think, well, I guess I could be a cranky old man, like cynical. And I didn't think, I don't think I would, but that, I'm like, oh, gosh, now I'm going to. The struggle is real. The dark, and you, by the way, those are, let's get back to the verse. Our verse in verse 5 says the light shines in the darkness. This is the best news. And the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus brings power so the darkness does not overcome us in the midst of the challenge. Here it is. You can, this is worth writing down and thinking about. In a world where darkness tries to swallow us, Christ is the friend who can save us. That is why, one of the reasons we should run to friendship with Jesus. Because the capacity, the drive of darkness, we need something beyond ourselves to navigate that. Some Bible verses, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who gives me strength. One of my favorite sections of Scripture in Romans 7, I'm going to bounce to Romans 7. This is the Apostle Paul, spiritual leader, uh, did great things for God. But I love this part of the Bible because it gives us a glimpse Even the best Christian, the best of us, still has this struggle with darkness, with sin. So here's what he says. He says, I do not, see if you relate to this, I do not understand what I do. What I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. What is that? That's the struggle. That's the struggle. In the world, with the enemy, in sinfulness, that is a very real part of life. By the way, he goes on to ask a really good question. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? The word death there is thamatos, and it's the abode of the dead. It also connects to something that's described as the equivalent to the region of thickest darkness. Isn't that interesting? Who will save me from this body that is subject to death? You could paraphrase it. Who will save me from this body that has such a tendency to move toward thick darkness? He asks the question. You get to the end of his thoughts in that paragraph, and here's the answer. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer. That's the key. You will not manage the struggle by yourself, you guys. No one will. And when we mismanage the struggle and we sin, there is no other way to find forgiveness except through the death, the payment of Jesus Christ on the cross. So to finish this up, is there an area of darkness that is crying out for Jesus? There's a little typo there that says and. Just cross it out. Just put Jesus. Just write Jesus somewhere on your paper. Is there an area of darkness that's crying out for Jesus? Get close to him. Stay Close to him. So just to recap. We should connect with Jesus. Because of his power. In the universe. And his dominion over darkness. Why don't you stand? Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church. Weekly message podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.